Welcome to the MPYA podcast. MPYA is a gathering designed specifically for young adults. In this podcast, you'll hear messages from our gatherings, as well as conversations that we hope will help you navigate these defining years of your life. We hope you'll join us as we explore practical ways we can follow Jesus in our everyday lives. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at North Point Young Adults and subscribe to the podcast if you like what you hear. But with that in mind, let's jump into this week's episode. Um, to be hanging out with you guys tonight. And when I talked to Clay and Nathan a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about tonight in the series that you guys are in, Living the Dream, uh, Nathan asked if I would be willing just to share a little bit um, of my story and really uh, what God has done in and through my life. And uh, I feel like I can confidently say now um, that my life is better than I could have ever imagined it to be. Uh, But there's a good portion of my life where I could not have said that that was true. Uh, And so like many of you or some of you, um, I grew up having a pretty specific dream for my life. And I had a pretty specific timeline of how that dream was going to play out. And for me, growing up, the thing that I wanted the most in life, desired the most in life, dreamt about, prayed about, was I just really, really, really wanted to be a wife and mom. Like that was the thing. And I had a specific timeline. And the timeline was I was going to meet my husband in college. We'd get married as soon as I graduated. Said husband would get very rich. I would stay home, have lots of babies, um, and I would have our very specific four children by the time I was 30, and life would be good. Like, that was the ultimate dream, the ultimate goal, the plan. And honestly, that is, like, what it became for me. Like, that was not just my dream or my hope. Like, that was the plan I had for my life. And so when I went off to college, I, I went off to get my MRS degree. Like, that was the goal. And the bachelor's degree was just, some of you just got it, the MRS degree. It's there. You'll, it'll hit you later if it's not hitting you yet. The bachelor's degree was just the means to, like, the real purpose of college for me, which was obviously finding my husband. To the point where, I kid you not, I ended up majoring in family and consumer sciences, which is just a fancier way of saying home ec. Like, your girl was committed to the cause. Like, I was all in. But I made one massive mistake. And my mistake was I went to a small school in South Carolina where our male-to-female ratio was one male to every seven females. So, I mean, there was one male to every seven females on campus. Like, it's not good odds. And the odds were absolutely not in my favor. (laughs) And as I started getting to the end of college, I realized, like, this plan is not working out for me so great. And not only is there not a chance that I'm getting married right after college, like I don't even have any prospects for this to be like something anywhere in my future at all. And I remember thinking like, okay, immediately like plans are derailed. And when I got to the end of college, like there began to be this automatic feeling of disappointment. Because somewhere along the way, like, I had convinced myself that 
The reason I must want this so badly, the reason I desire this, the reason that I've dreamed about this, the reason that this plan is so specific in my head, well, it's got to be because me and God are on the same page. Like, the only reason I want this so badly is because surely this was also the plan that God had for me. Like, this is how he also wanted my life to play out. And when that wasn't the case anymore, it was like this automatic feeling of disappointment. And I remember thinking, which this sounds crazy to say out loud now, but it's how I felt in the moment where there was this piece of me that was like, I felt like a failure. I was like, well, my plan was dependent on somebody like falling in love with me and wanting to marry me and no one did. And so I feel like somehow in that, like I failed. But then there was also this piece of me that was like, I, I'm really like, I'm disappointed in God. Like I feel like he has let me down. Like, I felt like we were on the same page, like we were in this together, we wanted this together. And now, you may not relate with, like, the exact dream or the plan that, or the hopes that I had for my life, but I'm guessing that there is a lot of you that can relate with how I felt at the end of college. That maybe for you, there's a plan for where you wanted to be in your career, And you're just not at the point that you were hoping that you would be at right now in life. Or maybe there was a plan for how the relationship was going to go. And now you're sitting here heartbroken and confused. Or there was a plan for how life was going to work out when you moved to that new city. And now you find yourself back in your hometown. Or maybe this is the new city for you and things aren't going as well as you hoped they would. It's not working out the way that you had planned for it to work out. Or maybe there's a chance that for you it's just similar to what I was feeling. There's like that feeling for something that you're longing for, hoping for, dreaming for, and whatever that thing is, like it just feels out of reach. But then I would guess that there are others of you where you're like, can't totally relate with the feeling. Because for you up to this point, somehow in life, like it has kind of worked out the way that you've hoped it would. Like your timeline is pretty in check. Like things feel pretty good right now. And if that's you, I would ask you, well, if the plan started to change a little bit, if things started to like derail at all, if the things that you were hoping for or dreaming for or planning for, like if they started to feel out of reach, would you feel just as good as you do right now? And my guess would be that if we were honest with ourselves, the answer to that question would be no. And so tonight, as we're talking about this idea of living the dream, the question that I want us to wrestle with is this. What do we do when what we have planned doesn't go according to plan? What do we do when what we have planned doesn't go according to plan? Because the reality is there is going to be moments in life where the things that we hope for, the things that we want, the desires in our lives, the dreams we have before us, like it's not going to work out the way that we hoped that it would. And for me, when I got to the end of college and realized that things weren't going to work out the way that I had hoped they would in the timeline that they hoped that they would, like, I really began to scramble. Because at that point, I'm like, I, I majored in being a stay-at-home mom. Like, I don't really know, like, where to go from here. I hadn't really thought a lot about a career. I, I honestly, if I was really honest with myself at that time, like, I actually didn't even really believe that there was a whole lot that I could do. 
I didn't know what I was good at. I didn't know what brought me life. Like thinking about those things, dreaming about those things, it was really, really difficult for me to wrap my mind around. And so eventually I actually ended up getting a job at a Christian nonprofit located in Alpharetta. And so five days after graduating from college, I packed up all my stuff and I moved here. And for the first several years after college, I really felt like my life was on hold. Like I felt like my job was just a placeholder until I could get the thing in life that I really wanted. And honestly, the more that I felt like my life was on hold, the more miserable I became. And the more like failed dates that I went on, the more miserable I became. And the more that I stayed in this job that I was like, I don't even know if I want this job. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this is not the dream that I have for myself. Like, I became more miserable. And before long, I started living, believing the lie that I'll experience fulfillment when my plans are fulfilled. And I couldn't have communicated that at the time. Like those years of being uh, in the Atlanta area and working in a job that I was unsure at and just begging God for this future that I so desperately wanted, I wouldn't have been able to put words around it then, but I can look back and I can see now that I truly believe that I'll experience fulfillment when my plans are fulfilled. And whether you've consciously lived this way or not, how many of us live our lives with that thinking? That maybe life is okay right now, that, that maybe like some things in life are good, but, but like I'll really experience a fulfilling life. I'll really be living the dream. I'll really be in a good spot when I finally get blank. When this whatever finally happens, like you can fill it in for whatever it is for you that if I actually can finally get there, well, then life will be good. The reality is, like, that's a lie. And that's not true. And that a good life, a fulfilling life, the idea of living the dream that doesn't just exist when our plans or our dreams or the things that we hope for happen. In fact, Jesus suggests that there's a much different way to go about living our lives. And this is what John uh, wrote, what Jesus talks about in John 10.10. 10. It's written, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And we have a very real enemy who is a thief. And his entire goal in life is to steal and to kill and to destroy everything good in our life. And he will do everything he can to convince us to live in disappointment, in bitterness, and in anger. And he will hold anything over our head and convince us that, hey, once you get here, once you reach this point, once this plan happens, once you get this thing in your life, well, then you will be fulfilled. 
But we all know that that's a lie because if there's anything that if you have ever hoped for, dreamed for, planned for in your life, and you've gotten it thinking this is going to be the thing that's actually going to make my life fulfilling, you know that's not true. Because then as soon as you get it, it's like the bar is moved. And now all of a sudden, wait, life isn't as fulfilling as I thought it was going to be. It's not as good as I thought it was going to be. I still don't feel like my life is as full as I hoped it was. And now I've got to search for the next thing. I've got to hope for the next thing. I've got to plan for the next thing so that I can feel the way that I hoped this thing would make me feel. And if we're not careful, it will be so easy for us to buy into the lie that the enemy has sold us. But then what Jesus said was Jesus said, no, I have come that you may have life. And not just have life, but that you can have life to the full. And not just life to the full in the future, not just life to the full when that happens, not just life to the full when you get that thing. You get to have life to the full right now. That is the kind of life that Jesus offers. It is a full life. It is an abundant life. And a full life. An abundant life with Jesus, it looks like a life full of peace. It looks like a life full of joy. It looks like a life full of contentment. It looks like a life full of purpose. And if you would have asked me at any point through my teenage years, through my college years, through my 20s, if you would have asked me, what is the thing that you want most in life? What is your biggest desire? What is the thing that's going to make life fulfilling? I would have told you more than anything in the world, what I want is I want to be a wife and I want to be a mom. But if I had dug a little bit deeper, what I really wanted is I wanted a life of peace. I wanted a life of joy. I wanted a life of contentment. I wanted a life of purpose, but somewhere along the way, I had convinced myself that the only way that any of those will be true is if I get this thing that I feel like is the biggest desire of my heart. And so I lived with that idea of my life will only be fulfilling when my plans are fulfilled. But then I'll never forget this moment where really everything changed for me. And I don't even know where this thought came from. At this point in my life, like, I am just absolutely convinced, like, it was one of those thoughts that just pops in your head, and I'm like, that couldn't be from anyone else but God. And I remember just this time just sitting and thinking, I honestly, I don't even feel like I was, like, in a moment of prayer, but I just had this thought where I thought, you know what? I could be whatever age and married with kids, or I could never get there because I'm actually not promised that. God has never told me that that is a guarantee or a promise for my life. So I could be whatever age, married with kids, or not get there, and I could look back on my life and realize I spent my entire life living like my life was on hold. I, I could look back and realize I spent my life miserable, just waiting for the good part of life to happen, just waiting for the good stuff to be there, that I spent my life just begging God to change my circumstances, to change the things that were true in my life, that that was one option. Or I could get to whatever age in my life, married with kids or not get there, and I could look back on my life and realize that I lived fully in every single season that God had me in. And when I stopped and thought about it, I thought, that's what I want. 
I want to get to the end of my life. I want to get to any point in my life and look back and realize I have lived fully in every single season that God had me in. Every season had purpose. Every season had meaning. And every single season was full. I didn't just want to live my life. Like I I wanted to be fully alive in my life. And so I began to shift my perspective I began to like change some things in my life and I began to surrender this lie that my life would only be fulfilling once my plans were fulfilled. And instead, I started to pick up and started to believe the truth that a life that's worth living is the life that you have now. That whatever God has you in right now, whatever you are doing right now, whatever is in front of you right now, like that is a life that is worth living. And Jesus offers us full life, abundant life, joy, peace, contentment, freedom, purpose in wherever we are right now. And I would guess that for most of us, it's like, yeah, I, I, I want that life. I want a full life that Jesus offers. I want a life of peace. I want a life of joy. I want a life of contentment. And I want all of those things despite whatever is happening in my life, despite my circumstances. But it's one thing to talk about having that kind of life. It's one thing to say we want that kind of life. It's another thing to figure out how we actually start living in that full and abundant life. And so there's two things that I feel like, one, completely shifted my heart and my perspective. But I also think there are two things that if we chose to live with these in mind, if we chose to consistently do these two things, I I think it would change the way that we lived our lives. And I think it would allow us to experience the full and abundant life that Jesus talks about. And the first is to live with gratitude. And there is uh, a scripture in Romans that says this, Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We have a God who works for our good. He is working for your good right now. And we have a God whose goodness is not delayed. He is always working for our good in every circumstance, in every moment, all the time, no matter what else is going on in life. Like he is working for our good. And so what would it look like to take the time in our lives to pause and to recognize and to see the good that God is doing and thank him for it? And I began to to make this shift in my life where I started started focusing on, like, what is good in my life? And I began to get so grateful for the community that God had given me. And I began to recognize that this season of living in community with my friends, like, that wasn't going to be a season that I had forever. And I was so grateful that God had given me the gift of building the type of community that I had. I was so grateful that I was learning more about God's character and the truth of who God is more than I ever thought I would. At that time in my life, I also made the decision that I was going to get in counseling. 
And I was so grateful for what I was learning about who I was and my identity and the things that were true and weren't true about me. And one of the most shocking things that happened was through a lot of my 20s, it felt like every time one of my friends got something that I wanted, it somehow felt like it was my loss, like their win was my loss. And it would lead me into this place of disappointment and frustration and anger and bitterness that God had not given me what he had given them, especially when it was like, God, they have not begged you for that the way that I have begged you for that. So why in the world do they get these things that I have been begging you for? But something began to change in my heart where I began to realize a win for them is not a loss for me. And I can be grateful for the gifts that God has given my friends. I can be grateful for the things that he's doing in life. And yes, while still desiring them and wanting them for myself, it is not a loss for me. And so what would it look like for you to find the goodness in your life and thank God for it? Thank him for your friends, to thank him for your church, to thank him for your job. Look for the goodness and thank God for it. Live with gratitude. And as you do, watch how it begins to change your heart. And the second is to live in surrender. There's a passage in Isaiah, Isaiah 55. It says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. There are often times in our lives where God's plans are not our plans, and that is a really good thing. Like his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, meaning his ways are better than our ways. His thoughts are better than our thoughts. His plans are better than our plans. And there hit a point in my life where obviously, like, the desire to get married and have kids, it never went away. I still asked God for those things. I still prayed for those things. I still wanted those things. But I began to make this change where as I prayed for those things, I was also willing to say, okay, but God, more than anything, I just want what you want. And for a while, I don't know that those prayers even felt true coming out of my mouth, but it is ultimately what I wanted. Like I wanted my heart to want it. And so I started to pray for it. That God, more than anything, I want what you want. I want to be where you want me to be. I want to learn the things that you want me to learn. Like I'm just gonna trust that your plans and your ways are much better than my own. And as I began to pray those prayers, Again, something began to shift in my heart. And the job that I had viewed as a placeholder in my life slowly started feeling less and less like a placeholder. And I was still working for a nonprofit ministry. And as I was working for that ministry, something began to happen where God started to like ignite these passions in my heart that like I had not experienced before, that I didn't know were there that like I didn't know was even possible. People in my life, they started speaking into gifts that they saw in me. God started placing like new dreams in my heart. And eventually I actually ended up leaving that nonprofit and I took a job at Buckhead Church because I felt like more than anything, 
Like God wanted me to continue working in ministry, that he had given me this desire to be like, I want people to know about a fulfilling life that they can find in Jesus and in Jesus alone. Like he is the answer to all of this. And now standing here, I'm over 10 years into full-time ministry and I cannot imagine it not being a part of my life. Like I cannot imagine doing anything else with my life but I would have never dreamed this up for myself. I would have never planned this for myself. I would have never thought that it was possible. I would have never thought that I would enjoy it. I would have never thought that God could use me in the way that he chose to use me, but now I truly can not imagine doing anything else. And so would you be willing to surrender, to yes, talk to God about your dreams, talk to him about your desires, talk to him about the things that you hope for. He wants to hear from you. He wants to talk to you. But at the same time, would you be willing to say, but God, I want what you want. I want to be where you want me. I want to learn whatever it is that you want me to learn. Now, I don't know your stories, and I don't know how your stories are going to play out, but I can tell you what God has done in my life in the past few years. And years after God beginning to shift so many things in my heart, I did eventually meet my husband. And I do not believe for one second that I met him because I had figured out how to find my contentment and my joy in the Lord and him alone. It bothered me so much when people were like, he'd come when you least expect it, or if you could just find your security in God, then you'll meet him. Like, no, I do not believe that. Because if that were true, then that would mean that God was actually holding out on me. And I do not believe that God works that way. I do not believe that that is the kind of God he is. I just believe that God's timeline was different than my timeline. And I am so incredibly grateful for that. Because when I did meet my husband, the version of me that he got was a version who was going to find fulfillment and contentment and joy and peace regardless of if he was in my life or not. By the time I met him, it's like you are an added gift in my life. You are not a necessary piece for fulfillment and for joy and for peace and for purpose in my life. And now, not only did I not have all of my kids by 30 like I had planned and hoped for, I didn't have any kids by the time I was 30. And when David and I made the decision that we were ready to start having children, we found ourselves facing unexplained infertility. And after several doctor's appointments of trying to figure out, like, what is going on and what do we do, like, and not getting any answers or any explanations of what was going on, I felt that very familiar feeling of disappointment start to creep back in my life. And I found myself asking God, God, why in the world would you bring me this far just to take this dream away from me? And I remember just begging God and asking God, and God, if this is what you have for me, like if this is what you want, why do you keep making all of these things so difficult? Like why does it always feel so hard to get to the thing that I desire, to get to the thing that I hope for? But at that point in my life, it was so much quicker for me to begin to turn, to turn the posture and the perspective of my heart. 
And I began to recognize and thank God of like, but you know what, God, but my life is so full right now. It's full. And I had several friends who had walked the path of infertility before me, and I found myself being so grateful for the community of women that God had put around me that what I was experiencing, I was not experiencing alone. And I wasn't the first person in my group of friends to walk through something like that. And then I remember also just choosing to start praying prayers of surrender. And if I'm honest, those were some of the hardest prayers I have ever prayed in my life. Of, okay, God, if this isn't what you want for me, I trust you. God, if you have different plans, I'm okay with that. God, I just want what you want. I want to be where you want me. I want to learn whatever it is that you want me to learn. And again, there were times when as I was saying the prayers where I was like, I don't know if I actually want this. And I actually don't know that if I don't get this, that I will be okay. But God, it's what I want to want. But I also knew at that point that I could look back on my life and I could know and I could trust that he had been faithful all the way up to that point. And if he had been faithful all of those times before, then I knew that he was going to be faithful again. Eventually, thanks to an incredible team of doctors, my husband and I were able to get pregnant. And we have our son, Wells, who turns one next week. And I feel very emotional about the fact that he's turning one. I've also gone way over the top planning, planning for his first birthday, but I can't help it. And standing here today, I can tell you that there is not a single thing in my life that I take for granted. Not one, not a single thing. In my life now, it is more full than I could have ever, ever imagined. My faith is stronger. My trust in God is deeper. And my, my confidence that he is good and that he is loving and that he cares for his children, I have never felt more confident that that is true in my life. And I also understand that I am talking about this from the other side. I understand that I'm, I'm talking to you from the perspective of ultimately the things that I prayed for, ultimately the things that I hoped for and I dreamed for, God allowed those things to be present in my life. And they didn't come the way that I thought that they would. They didn't come in the timeline that I expected them to. The road to getting there was far more difficult than I would have imagined. But I understand that I am standing here recognizing that God ultimately did bring the desires of my heart. And I can't promise that that will ever be true for any of us. I don't know what it is that you're hoping for. I don't know if you are in a season of disappointment, if you feel like you're in a season of waiting, if you feel like you're in a season of being behind, I don't know where you're at and I can't promise that whatever the thing is that you're hoping for, whatever the thing is that you're dreaming for, whatever the thing is that you're planning for, I cannot promise you that that thing will ever come. But what I can promise you is that full life is possible in Jesus regardless of any of those things. And if you would be willing, if you would be willing to find the good in your life and to thank him for it and to live with gratitude, and if you would be willing to take your dreams and your plans and your hopes and give them to God and surrender them saying, God, whatever it is that you want, I want. Whatever your plans are, God, they're my plans. 
Whatever it is that you want to teach me, I want to learn. If you would choose to do that, what I can promise you is that your life will be more full. Your life will be better. Your life will be bigger and better than anything you could have ever dreamed for and anything you could have ever planned on your own. So would you be willing to live with gratitude and to live in surrender? I would love to pray for us. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you that you are a good God. And God, we thank you that oftentimes our plans aren't your plans. That God, you could give us what we want, but God, that that you always, always, always have something better for us in store. And that even when we can't see it, that Father, that is true that you are a God who loves his children and that you are a God who desires to give us, give us fullness of life in every season of life and in every circumstance. And so Father, I pray that tonight that we would one, have the courage to be grateful for the things that you have given us. And the Father, that we would have the courage to surrender our hopes and our plans and our dreams to you, trusting that your ways are higher, your thoughts are higher, and your plans are better. Father, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the NPYA podcast. To learn more about us, you can follow us on social media at North Point Young Adults or head to our website, northpoint.org slash youngadults. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss one. See y'all next time.